WPTF Radio in Raleigh, North Carolina, AM 680 and FM 98.5. The Tom Kearney Show is on the air now. We're here every night, Monday through Friday, from 9 until 10, with a little bit of live and in real-time radio where we hope to both edify and entertain you. And we have one of our very special guests tonight. Uh, as a lead-up to introducing him, I will say that once in a while I, I get a, a desire to, to discuss the topic we're going to discuss tonight. I'm one of those people that has a, a lot of interest, and I don't concentrate on just one of them, but sort of move around, kind of like my cat does. He, She picks a different place to sleep every week, and she just keeps on the move. And I, I'll read books on one subject one week and watch TV programs on one subject the next week and so on. But something that I've always had an interest in my whole life was was uh, pharmaceuticals, drugs, uh, pain relievers, things like that. Uh, and I guess it was because my life uh, progressed with the change from old-time remedies to newer remedies of the more modern kind that, that we would call pharmaceuticals, and it came from what we call a drugstore. And tonight's guest is a person who can talk about that. His name is Mike James. He's a longtime pharmacist, uh, drugstore. Should we call them that, Mike? Drugstore? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Drugstore's uh, owners. He, uh, I know uh, he... Uh, at one time, I was not there when he was doing it, but he worked in a pharmacy in my hometown of Goldsboro at one time. And um, when I first met him, he was the proprietor of uh, the oldest drugstore in, in Raleigh that was operated by a white person. I believe I've got that right, haven't I, Mike? That's absolutely right. 1910. 1910. And I, in fact, I still do that, but he is... He's, uh, divested himself of that, but he does, he's still in the pharmaceutical business, and he has a drugstore that is in the uh, the uh, Carly C's uh, uh, grocery store, Carly C's Pharmacy. Uh, it's PSP Pharmacy. Uh, Mike, you'll have to give the address. I've never been real sure what the address was. Yeah, it's on Newburn Avenue, 4111 Newburn Avenue. Okay. All right, I've been there and uh, and purchased things from you, but I've never never was real sure of the address. But uh, uh, he uh, came to, to us uh, 15 years ago when he... Uh, graciously offered to help us on the radio understand uh, Medicaid Part Medicare. Medicaid, Medi Medicare, Medicare Part D. Yeah. Once again, I get them crossed out. Medicare Part uh -huh. D, and he's been doing that every year, and usually sometime in another part of the year, uh, we've asked him to come and talk about one or two things, and tonight is one of the things that he's talked about, and that is old-timey medicines and remedies, patent medicines and things like that, uh, some of which were in much greater use when I was born and indeed when Mike was born, but are, are less in use now, but in fact are still in use. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight on WPTF. Uh, Mike, uh, when I was a kid, I, as I've told you, uh, living uh, right on the edge of Goldsboro on Ellum Street, if I... If I drove down the, the street to the road. It was, a, it was a dirt road. It was what they call a washboard road, if you know what that is. Uh, yeah. I would go to the back gate of Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. 
I could get there in about five minutes, uh, crossing Stony Creek and so on. But out there at the edge of town, uh, I can never tell whether I could claim to be a city boy or a farm boy. And whichever one I claimed to be, somebody usually disputed it. But in any case, uh, we had a simple medicine cabinet, and that is it was a bottle of aspirin and a bottle of Vicks paper rub, and that sufficed to, to deal with just about everything. My father, if he was called into play uh, to administer, he had a big red can of something called petrocarbosav. And you and I were talking about that earlier, and we may talk yeah, about it again absolutely. tonight. Great product. Great product. Okay, you grew up in Alabama. Did you? You were, may have had a much more sophisticated medicine cabinet. What, what did yours look like, or what did those people that you lived among uh, rely on for their pharmaceuticals? Well, I mean, basically the same thing. You know, we're talking about those things that are back in the. You and I are, are close to being the same age, and we find ourselves talking about things that we remember. Obviously, younger people today will not remember those things, but. I promise you their parents and grandparents will remember them. Uh, One of the things that you and I always talk about, and we might as well start this off tonight, talking about this product, was a product called Hedicol. And uh, Hedicol was an interesting thing. It was was something that was put together by a fellow in Louisiana named LeBlanc. And he started doing it because he started having aches and pains and he was trying to figure out how to stop it. But he put this together and and made a product that he marketed countrywide. Uh, he basically uh, put together a very simple supplement, the vitamin supplement process. But he also put in 12% alcohol. And so when he started selling that, he wound up saying that you should take a tablespoonful, and a tablespoonful is a half an ounce. He's saying you should take a tablespoonful four times a day. So obviously there's... <laughs> A lot of people back in those days began to enjoy that, uh, and he sold he sold literally millions of dollars worth of. So it's, I can remember when it was. I was only like seven years old, but there was a big enough row about it that I heard about it. Uh, I guess the yeah, the, yeah. the WPTF had it on the news or Goldsboro News Argus or something. But uh, I knew the adults were talking about this and that, that the problem was what you said. And curiously enough, I. I've, I actually saw a bottle of it, and I remembered the 12%. Uh, it was 20, yeah, 24 yeah. proof is what it was. Yeah, yeah. So you think about a bottle of wine, right? Yeah. So you're, that's, what, that's what you're talking about. But, you know, he actually, I think, went nationwide with that product about in 1945 and uh, uh, wound up marketing it for several years and then sold the company. And then the company evidently later on went bankrupt. So, uh, But it's, uh, it's interesting how you look at some of these things. and. You know, we've talked about before that the fact that some of these products had what you and I consider to be real drugs today in them. Um, there were some morphine preparations back in those days and opiate-type preparations back in those days, particularly when you start thinking about the fact that uh, in my pharmacy life, uh, there literally were opiate eye drops. So people didn't think about that uh, as much as they do today and because I don't think they uh, face the addiction situation as we represent it today. So it's a, it's kind of a different scenario as we look at things today. But back in those days, those were the things that a lot of people used, and obviously they worked. I was reading up a little, trying to do a little preparation for tonight's show today, and the example that whoever was writing this article, it was something I picked up on the web, used to start off with was 
the the people who had a baby who was bawling, who was crying, who would not go to sleep, and they had this medicine that they rubbed on his teeth, and it it uh, it led him to go to sleep, and it was something that had morphine in it, and that apparently was not uncommon. Baragoric. Baragoric. Okay. I'm, Come to think of it, my mother is no longer with us. But if I ask her, I think she probably would say that she did did what you just talked about. I didn't didn't realize that was what was in paragoric. But uh, and see they, what they, what they did, uh, Tom, is that just to your point, uh, they would rub it on the child's gums, thinking it was soothing the gums. But in actuality, they were actually drinking it. Uh, obviously, the the drops were going down, right. and they were going to sleep, and so that soothed the problem. But uh, right. I have to. It just touches on what we're talking about tonight. But I re- just remember a story that Johnny Carson told one night uh, about his grandmother, who was a teetotaler, and she would not uh, would not drink anything. And she went to the doctor because she was having trouble sleeping. And he said, "Well, you should take a little bit of wine." And I am told that in in Places where older people live, sometimes part of the medicine kit is a bottle of wine. I, I don't know that's true because I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm on the way. Uh, in any event, uh, he said his grandmother would not take it, but the doctor offered it as a prescription. So he said for the rest of her life, and she was pretty old then, uh, she never had a uh, a, a uh, breath that wasn't uh, contaminated by alcohol, uh, <laughs> but she only took it one teaspoon at a time. I can always, promise you that I can promise you as a pharmacist I have filled those prescriptions. <laughs> she always she always treated it as medicine, whatever. That's exactly right. Yeah, right. That's exactly along, right. <laughs> along the way, I, I remember the had a call, and uh, uh, it, it's uh, well, it, it got enough into our culture that there is an episode of the Andy Griffith Show that was made probably in 1961 or 62 that deals with. Uh, uh, a patent medicine salesman who who was coming around selling, it, it was almost like a medicine show. Uh, yeah, right. And and uh, Colonel, I can't remember. It was Colonel. So John Daner, the actor, played the guy. And uh, one of the people that uh, bought some of his tonic, as he called it, was Aunt B. And and uh, Andy and Barney came home, and Aunt B was playing the piano, and Ar- Barney looked at Andy and said. Andy, she's gassed, which <laughs> she she fit into several bottles of the medicine, but that yeah. was the, the tonic was not. In fact, tonic is a good southern word, and if you, if you watch the Beverly Hillbillies, which was a southern comedy, of course, Granny was always ready to tonic uh, the members of her family uh, in the springtime, right. particularly. And. Uh, I guess it might have contained some of her brew uh, along the way that that she included, but eventually I guess they had to take Hadacol off the market. And uh, and uh, well, they did because it, it was uh, it was being abused, obviously. And then then they started really delving into the fact of how much alcohol was in it and so forth. And so they wound they wound up doing it uh, basically from the standpoint of it it had to be taken off or it had to be reformulated one or the other. So. And it, reformulation is a word we will probably encounter later this evening. We'll talk some more yeah, about when they reformulated. Yeah, when they reformulated, I think it lost its, its uh, popularity. Right. I did. The other things that it would were not, didn't have the draw that uh, the spirits did. 
We're talking with Mike James about uh, old-time remedies, patent medicines, and the thing. And uh, we've started the show with one of the biggest that got a lot of attention is something called Hadakal. And most people my age or older or even younger would remember it. Uh, and I just remembered. And when Mike said it had 12% alcohol, I said, ah, my memory was right about the amount I saw in the bottle. Yeah. I don't know who in my family had the Hadakal, but somebody did. And uh, I probably was not supposed to, to notice that. We're going to talk some more about other medicines, many of which can still be found, patent medicines particularly, on uh, uh, shelves either in uh, uh, grocery stores uh, any, uh, or on uh, pharmacy stores uh, with Mike in just a couple of minutes after we take this break. The Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. WPTF Radio, Tom Kearney, the Tom Kearney Show for Wednesday night. Always have to check because I've been confused about the dates for most of this year, but it's uh, (laughs) August 5th. And Mike James, uh, pharmacist, is our guest tonight, and we're talking about old-time remedies and uh, uh, some of the patent medicines that people have taken over time. And I I think he would would agree with my saying that neither of us are are saying that, that uh, in fact, I think probably he would say, and he's the one who would know, that some of these uh, patent medicines uh, are, in fact, things that had some efficacy. They maybe just didn't have quite as much efficacy as uh, modern uh, medicines that were compiled with, with more of a history of uh, scientific chemistry in mind. Mike, did I say that reasonably right? You did. We're going to yeah. talk a little bit later about liniments and things, and we'll get to that point. Um, there's some things out there that we'll talk about that, are old, old preparations that are using old, old ingredients but are doing a fabulous job today and people are using them all the time. So, Right. Uh, just do you have any particular you way you'd like to go, go now? Well, no, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about another one of our favorite products. It's Father John. You know, uh, um, go ahead. I was going to say I'm, I'm familiar with it. I have seen it on a shelf in a store uh, within the last few years, so it's apparently still for sale. It may have been reformulated, but it's still out there. Yeah, there's that, there's that word, reformulated, right? Right. Think of Father John. If you look back in the history of Father John, Father John came on the market in 1855, and it was it was a combination of a lot of things that, that we don't have today, but it has, has, in fact, been reformulated, just as you said. And it's more like a thing called dextromethorphan now, and dextromethorphan is one of those things that people are used to seeing Robitussin DM. DM and Robitussin is dextromethorphan. Uh-huh. And it's, it's a cough, cough preparation. Is it an expectorant? Is that what you would call it? Right. Or, or right. a cough suppressant. And so it's an expectorant. And it, it's, the, whole, the whole scenario here is that uh, when you take these type medications, it it helps not only get out congestion, but it also helps stop the cough itself. So it's kind of a dual-purpose thing. But that's one of the things about some of these old products that we're seeing now uh, that we think about, particularly if, if our grandparents or someone's grandparents were, remembered these items that they used when they were a child and so forth. 
some of these are not the same product they were then, but they're the same name. So they just reformulated them and uh, certainly are using, taking advantage of the fact that they're well-known and well-respected products to be sold in the marketplace. Well, doing a little research today, I, I use one of my steady sources, and I believe in Wikipedia more than most people do. It makes some mistakes, but most of what it says is right, and it gathers a lot of information, and it makes my computer worth what I paid for it, as a matter of fact. Right. But in the list, though, were something that the place that, that many people encounter the idea uh, of uh, drugs that may have contained uh, morphine and, and other things like that, and that is to say, uh, listed among the patent medicines that uh, that they it, the uh, the article said list of patent medicines. So I looked down just to see. I think I told you Fletcher's Castoria was one of the ones there. But there right. were at least five different kinds of what we would call soft drinks. And of course, yep. now we can sort of see why most of the soft drinks that we're familiar with, like the Pepsi Cola, was formulated in New Bern, and the Coca Cola in in I think Atlanta or somewhere in Georgia. Well, yeah, started out in pharmacies. Yeah, both of those both of those drinks were made by pharmacists. And and I, I was surprised that in the well, I was surprised that the list included uh, Dr Pepper, which you would expect to be uh, one of the ones. Seven uh, uh, Up, and at the moment I looked at that, I realized that's what my mother used to give me to settle my stomach, and yeah. that was curious because. We had my father worked for Coca Cola, and so we had a few Coca Colas in our house, uh, which a lot of people believe Coca Cola is good for settling your stomach if you if you're upset. But the uh, root true. beer, Howard's root beer, was once uh, yeah. uh, advertised all, as a all drug. All Coca Cola bases are good. Yeah, that's exactly right. But uh, I was surprised that the number one. Well, we all know sort of the story of Coca Cola. That uh, originally, I believe, it had cocaine in it. And, uh, That's correct. Had had some of the uh, what what would you call the the, uh, the effect? Uh, what would be the pharmaceutical term for the anesthetizing effect or something like that? Uh, yeah, uh, and I think I think what you what you found is that um, when they first came out, and this was literally at the beginning, there was a, there was, there was a small amount of cocaine in there, uh, and I think what they did over the years, obviously, is they realized that that was turning into more of an addictive situation than they thought it was going to be, and so they wound up slowly pulling it out and reformulating once again on it. But it's, it's, um, it's a thing. What we don't realize or we don't think about is that back in those days, as we referred earlier, there were a lot of products out there that had what we today consider to be a, a, a real class two drug, a, a very addicting type medication. Uh, certainly in different quantities now than they have because there was very little in cocoa. But it was there, uh, and just like the, all the alcohol and all the liniments and and all the uh, oral type medications, just like we we're talking about Hadacol, that was a normal type process back then. Because you got to think about in those days, they didn't have the medications we have today to help cure problems or relieve pain or whatever the case may be. So you found that a lot of these type things were made this way and served that purpose. They didn't have the. They, they, it was coming on, and it was coming on pretty fast in some places. But they didn't have what we would call today the science to back up uh, the situation where right. they could could uh, uh, create uh, artificial drugs uh, uh, and, and things like. 
Well, my grandfather was diabetic, and I, I don't know. He used to have Eli Lilly. Uh, what I'm trying to think of what it's called now. Uh, the, for the people who are diabetic take. Uh, uh, are you talking about? He was taking insulin. Insulin, right, right, and yeah. but the yeah. insulin then was, I think, produced naturally. I think they can produce uh, chemically an artificial insulin. That's now, correct. If yeah. I'm not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it was produced from an animal. Yep. Exactly yeah, right. Man. And, and yeah, that was the way. It. Go ahead. I was going to say that's the way a lot of those things were that, that, that we're describing. Is they were things that existed in nature, and someone somewhere along the way, for instance, the the wonder drug aspirin. They started uh, Bayer, I think, started merchandising it around the turn of the century, nineteen about nineteen hundred. But right. uh, Indians in South America had been chewing the bark of the plant that they got it from for hundreds of years. You know, in, in pharmacy school, we we have a course, we have several courses called pharmacognosy, uh, and pharmacognosy is a study of drugs from plants. Uh, and people would be amazed at how many derivations of plants that drugs turn out to be over the years. Maybe not so much now as they were 30, 40 years ago, but a lot of drugs came from plants that, that we were taking in pill form for a long time. And uh, one of the, would one of those be? Uh, I was reading today, uh, uh, and I, I'll need to say this quick, and then we'll, we'll we'll need to take a break, and we can come back to this. This can be a tease, but digitalis comes from a plant, doesn't it? And it's used right. to yeah. exactly. by yeah. heart patients. But let's let's come back to that uh, uh, in a while. And uh, I always like to talk about uh, nitroglycerin because uh, a friend of mine said, "What what did the patient say when the doctor said here?" take this high explosive and put it under your tongue. But we'll talk about that when we come back. We're talking about drugs and uh, home remedies with Mike James. We'll be back. The Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Uh, 9.34 WPTF Radio. Tom Kearney here. Uh, AM 680 on your AM dial and on your FM dial 98.5. And don't forget to reset one of the buttons on your FM dial so you can get WPTF at 98.5. This is the point where in our broadcast usually we, we do a little promoing of what's coming up. And tomorrow night, Thursday night, Dr. Edward Funkhauser, uh, Professor Emeritus of Communications at NC State and a longtime uh, guest on our program. For the last 15 years, we've been tracking something which we call a necrology which is a list of those people who have died but who deserve to be remembered. And so uh, Dr. Funk will be with us on Thursday night to update his list for the last month and a half. And so we hope you will join us then. Friday night will be our Friday night trivia night. Uh, if the good, Lord, good Lord's willing, as they say, and the creek don't rise. We are talking tonight about the pharmaceuticals, drugs, and uh, old-time remedies, uh, patent medicines, the things that uh, that our grandparents and, and many of those before us, and even some of our parents, and even some of the people like Tom Kearney, who's pretty old after all, have taken <laughs> to uh, uh, ease the pain or relieve the symptoms of a, a particular, uh, particular uh, affliction, a disease. Uh, and uh, Mike James, uh, who is a pharmacist, is our guest tonight. He knows about these kinds of things. And so uh, 
he's helping us uh, walk around in, in this particular land. And Mike, when we went away, we were about to, I had just mentioned digitalis, which is a product, I believe, of a plant, but it's used to right. do something to the heart, if I remember. I don't remember exactly. But, uh, yeah, helps regulate heart. That's, a, that's, a, that's an old, old product, too. Right, but it's still used, I believe, by, yeah, it is. by doctors. Yeah, it sure is. And you know that if you describe the way the penicillin was discovered, it's really a kind of a product of nature too, because there's that mold on the on the dishes in the in the guy's sink in in London who that he left with the, with the window open, and they derived penicillin from that. Of course, they have a lot of artificial versions of it now, but I, I guess maybe sometimes you can actually still get a penicillin shot. Yep, absolutely. Well, you know that's the thing about it now. A lot of a lot of people don't remember. Of course, younger people certainly don't remember. But uh, there was a time, not too many distance years ago, that when you got an infection, you were in real trouble uh, because the antibiotics we're used to today were not around. And penicillin was a revolutionary item when it came along. It was the antibiotic that started to save the world. And so, consequently, today we have an infection. We go to the doctor. He writes a prescription for an antibiotic and. Ten days later, it's gone, and we forget about it. But uh, years ago, you caught an infection like you catch today, and you might very easily die from it because they if couldn't we wanted, figure out a way to stop the advancement. Yeah. For for those younger folks, excuse me, I keep interrupting you tonight. I'm gonna get out of your way in a minute. No, that's all right. Go we ahead. wanted to put a marker out for folks in terms of history. World War Two, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, produced the great use of penicillin for by the military, and also the sulfur drugs. I don't know what that's all about, but apparently it was something pretty important because on MASH, Hawkeye is, is dumping a powdered sulfur drugs in wounds and uh, helping yeah. the people to get well. Exactly right, and, and um, I, I think that that saved a lot of lives, obviously, in, in, the, in the wars, as the saying goes, because otherwise they would have been in trouble. I want to mention a couple other things here, and then we'll get on to some other types of medication, but you remember creomulsion, right? Ah, uh, yes. You know, creomulsion is still on the market, actually. Once again, it's not the same formula it was back in the original days, but it, it's still out there. Uh, how about uh, Buckley's cough syrup? You remember that? Yes. Is it, is it Dr. Buckley or something like that? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, uh, It went on the market in 1919. Um, here again, you're seeing that most of these type medications we're talking now have reformulated, and, and the majority of them are, are really guafenicin uh, or dextromethorphan, one of the two. But a good product, not to say it's not a good product, but it is, but it's just not the original formula. It has the original name, but not the original formula. Something that I had used uh, one time to relieve uh, well-being in the radio pronouncing business, sometimes I would get sore throats, and I would use tea, uh, a formulation of uh, medicinal tea. It really wasn't tea. It was, uh, as we know, it was an artificial thing, but there was one that was designed to relieve sore throat. And, and of course, one of the problems with uh, coughs and throats is dry throat. And I looked on the, the package one time, and I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but the the, the, the medicine in, the, in there or the element that I noted was the thing that old baseball pitchers used to use use the spitball, and that is it would produce a lot of saliva in their mouth and everything, wow. and that's... You and I both are drawing a blank on this. I 
I can't think of what what that is, Tom. I can't think of it either, but I've known him for years, and I know Burley Grimes and some of those guys that you know used the spitball in their major league career. They would chew this. Uh, it was a, it was a product. It was like a product of a bush or a tree, and if you chewed it, it would really make you salivate. And and it was used in the uh, this uh, medicinal uh, upscale medicinal. Uh, Remedies for for a dry throat or a sore throat, and it worked. By the way, I will say that it 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 it, it did the job. You think that was Gaylord Perry's choice? <laughs> it very well may have been. He certainly was a uh, uh, a person who uh, wanted you to believe, and I, I I happen to believe that it was the truth to tell you the truth. But I wanted you to believe that uh, he was in fact. Uh, salivating and spitting on the ball and making it do odd, curious, and strange, strange things. But, uh, yeah. Uh, All right, so on the liniment side, Tom, how about Sloan's liniment? I remember that. They, but that's still out there, isn't it? Yeah, Jaeger's liniment. Jaeger's, yep, I remember that. You know, Watkins made a white cream liniment, which was actually started back in about 1880, so they say. This is the same company that made that petrocarbosav, as a matter of fact. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, Watkins, Watkins was that company back in those days that went door-to-door. Right. There were two uh, companies that I've been able to isolate that went door-to-door, not unlike the Fuller Brushman, were Watkins and Raleigh, spelled with a W. Yeah, that's right. And so if you, even if you were out in the country, you could expect the, the Watkins man to show up and you know, somebody ought to write a book about those people, Mike, if we can stray off the subject for a moment, who went out and serviced uh, customers, rural and uh, in towns, too. Uh, I know there was a company, uh, Nap, I believe, that sold shoes, you know, out of a suitcase. Uh, right. There's there's an Andy Griffith episode that, that is built around that, too. So Andy, you know, had a little influence on what went in there. He knew his people, uh, for sure. Sure, absolutely, yeah. But, you know, the, the Watkins Company uh, wound up having a huge variety of products. And uh, I think you and I have talked before about the fact that every year at the State Fair, uh, there is a huge booth at the State Fair in one of the buildings that has pretty much every Watkins product that's currently available, and that's a lot. And people don't realize that because they don't see it on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but they have some very good products. This white liniment is an excellent product. And this is strictly for aches and pains and sore ankles and sore knees and sore elbows and that kind of thing. Uh, I'm trying to well. think of the name of another product that was sometimes used as a liniment, but it was also good for athletes' foot. And it was it's an old product. Uh, a sorbine uh, junior. A sorbine junior. Yes, I have a friend who's very modern, very scientific, but he will not touch any of those other products you know that are available now to deal with athletes' foot. He still uses absorbing junior. Yeah, it works. It works. Uh, that's that's the reason. It's, yeah, it's just like it's like a lot of things with with that type fungus type. You've got to use it for a good while. And when I say a good while, I'm talking three or four months probably to really get rid of the fungus. And you'll you'll uh, eliminate it on the surface and think it's gone and stop treating it, and two months later it's back because it was on that next layer down, so to speak, of skin. But uh, absorbing junior works very well. well. I think he has. Uh dealt with that in terms, I think he has a regular regimen, that is, he does it every day, period, you know, uh, yeah. puts them on yeah. every day, and, and it, he, he, he's, he sort of won the battle, and he's 
trying to keep it from happening again along the way. You know, the interesting thing about Sloan's liniment is the basis of Sloan's liniment is capsaicin, which we all think of as chili peppers. Yes. You know, that, that's why when you put Sloan's liniment on, you have that burning sensation. Uh, but it does a good job. It stimulates blood flow is what it does. I and, used uh, to work with a guy at the radio station who had uh, neck problems all the time, and he always uh, he used a capsaicin in a, in a formula that was like a, a paste, you know, like a uh, right. toothpaste or something like that. But it, but it was like something, you know, smells will set some people off like sounds will or, or taste or whatever. And right. uh, my grandfather had very bad arthritis, and it bothered his knees. And so mentholatum will be something that I always smell we're, we're, we're in my imagination when I think about him. Yeah. yeah. Will you well, let me ask you about menthol? Right. After we take a break. How about that? How's that for All a right. Sounds good. Okay. Because it's it's almost omnipresent in a lot of things. It's one of the things that's just exactly still there right. in a lot of things. Uh, uh, I heard uh, an ad for uh, Ricola, the, the uh, cough lozenges that come supposedly from Switzerland tonight, and I thought about right. about uh, menthol. But uh, we'll come back to that. You're listening to yours truly, Tom Kearney, and my, our friend Mike James, pharmacist, talk about old-time remedies and patent medicines that people have used uh for a long time and are still using them and which are still effective. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. The Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Nine forty-eight at WPTF Radio in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tom Kearney here with the Tom Kearney Show. As I said at the beginning tonight, I'll, and I'll remind you now that we're here every night, Monday through Friday, from nine until ten, with a little bit of live and in real time radio. Tomorrow night, Ed Funkhauser presents an update on his necrology. Uh, those who have uh, left us, but who de- deserve to be remembered, as I like to say, before the colors fade. And then on Friday night, we'll have trivia. Tonight, we're talking about drugs, uh, old-time remedies, uh, old-timey drugs, uh, home remedies, things that people did before the uh, great, huge amount of drugs that are available in the modern drugstore existed. Mike, are you there? I'm here. I was, I'm just thinking, uh, when uh, I've been in, in England, that they... Uh, they have a, a different uh, uh, way of doing things, at least as I have perceived it. I haven't done a lot of research on it, but usually what we call a, a drugstore is uh, it's called a pharmacy, I think. And, and then they have uh, uh, the, the, the thing that we... What I'm trying to say is you get your prescription drugs and your ACE bandages and your medical supplies and things like that from one place, and you get the, the larger thing that you get from, uh, you know, where you've got your soda pop and your, your candies and uh, your makeup and, and other things from something else. Uh, uh, it's not called a pharmacy, although I think Boots well, calls... Of, uh, yeah, a lot of these places in Europe are called apothecaries. Apothecary, I think. Uh, thank you. This is 
if you wonder why we invite a guest, Mike, it's because Tom's mind is not quite up to it sometimes these days. <laughs> have, have, we've got about, let's see, I've got to look here, we've got about six or seven minutes, and I've, I've blocked you out a couple of times tonight. Have we got anything left that you would like to talk about? What, what you mentioned menthol before we went to the break. Oh, uh, menthol, there you go. One, one of the things that... Um, you think about it, the gels that are out there for rheumatism and arthritis and joint pains and so forth. Uh, remember, remember, we remember Mineralize, right? Uh, yeah. Mineralize was a popular item back in the day. But there's a product out there now that's an old product, but uh, a product called Soar No More. Uh, and Soar No More is strictly a gel made up of menthol and camphor. Uh, and while you look at that and you think, I don't know exactly why that really gives that much relief, but People use that today and will tell you that it's the best thing they've ever used. And uh, it's, it's amazing how well it works. But it's, it's menthol and camphor, and it goes back to your earlier statement about uh, the real desire for menthol to do the job we're trying to get done. Uh, and nobody can really give you the answer to why it does. But, you know, menthol obviously is a, causes a, a skin cooling effect. Uh, and so you wonder sometimes if that, is one of the reasons because usually a joint that hurting is inflamed and has some redness to it and heat and so forth, and, and uh, the menthol has a tendency to cool that. But it, it's a good it's a good product, and Soar No More is the name of it, and I will tell you, uh, we have somebody listening to us today that has that problem. They should give that a try because it works well. Well, I've often wondered if... if uh, uh... If some of the relief you get, uh, symptomatic relief, is it, does it come from? I'm, I'm giving it the name of the distraction syndrome, and that is yeah, creating yeah. another feeling. Yeah. You, you, your, your pain you have, you, you're distracted away from it. Uh, heat, capsaicin, would be one of the things that would right. would do that. Yeah. And menthol might be another that would do that. But you look at those things, and you think about the, the procedure you go through when you use them. Well, obviously, you're you're rubbing that on. The, the fact that you rub it and you rub it for four or five minutes also helps create circulation and so forth, and that also helps some of the pain. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see my grandfather putting the mentholatum on right now, and of course, rubbing it around the joints of the knees. I think I, I've been told that the, you don't get blood flow and cartilage until it, you've got motion in it anyway, and, and yeah. uh, so you you need to to stimulate it either by walking if you can, or by stimulate it by what amounts to a massage. Well, that's that's why you're here today, that people that have arthritis, the doctor will tell them to walk. Right. And walk every day. Walk a certain amount of uh, distance every day to help your arthritis, and it does just what you're talking about right now. Well, indeed, I have arthritic knees, and, and that's what my doctor told me 20 years ago was, I don't know what to tell yeah. you, Tom, but just keep it in motion. Just keep walking. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, the you, blood don't to, you don't want to sit down and do nothing, and it slowly contracts, you know. Right, and you get stiff, and, and then it's difficult to move, and, yeah. and so on. I was fortunate, as you know, I recently had an accident where I broke my leg, but I was lucky that it did not happen in the area of the hip or in the area of the knee. It was the femur. femur. Yeah. It was close to, closer yeah. to the hip than I wanted it to be. But, uh, yeah, you I, were fortunate. Yeah, I was fortunate in, in that respect, and but yeah. I do uh, try to get around and walk a little bit and try to keep myself from getting getting stiff. Uh, one of the questions I thought to ask you that I haven't asked you is, 
Hey, you work in your drugstore, I know, because uh, sometimes when I want to talk to you, I call you up there, and there's where you are. Right. But do, yeah. how often do you have a customer come in and ask for something like uh, 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 one of the drugs, you know, Father Father John's uh, thing or uh, cough syrup or, or whatever? Probably, uh, probably once a day. Once a day? Okay. Yeah. And as you might guess, um, it's either the child, meaning the, 45-year-old child of the, of the mom or dad, and they're asking for something if they were asked to come to the pharmacy and get. They don't know anything about it themselves, but their parent was asking them to go get it because obviously they're familiar with it from yesteryear. And I, I know I had a lady come in one day, and she said, I'm trying to find a thing called Father's John's. I have no idea what I'm looking for. And she was so surprised that we knew what she wanted. And... Uh, so we, we got it for obviously, but it's um, one of those things that, that you're seeing you're seeing older people continue to ask for those type of things. And, and it's uh, what what we're saying is it's it's kind of a demographic thing, and one of the things uh, is where you know the pharmacy you are in is located too. Uh, it will dictate. Right. I went looking right. for something yeah. one time. Yeah. Actually, I was looking for snuff, uh, and. Uh, uh, I didn't find it at uh, the uh, the, the big fancy grocery store yeah, near yeah. my house, but I went to a, an independent grocery store, a small one, in another part of town, and there it was, the same stuff yeah. my grandmother took. And, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the, the kind that they make this in a red bladder? I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah. Uh, that what well, I was looking for it for historical purposes because that stuff has been made since like 1820 or something like that. And, oh, yeah. And, and you're not going to, you're not going to see these things in in uh, bigger uh, pharmacies or what we call big box stores because they don't sell quick enough. Uh, they're not a fast seller, so they don't stock it in the inventory. Right, and the but, buying uh, decisions for a lot of those are made in some faraway place. You know, yeah, uh, and that and that kind of thing. Well, you uh, know, we've just about used up our time tonight, and you're kind enough to have spent some of it with us, and. Uh, uh, don't know, we may be on the radio together again before too long, but if not, I look forward to sometime in October when uh, we may, we may, if the good Lord's willing and I'm still here, they, uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Medicare Part D again. Uh, All right. Well, it's going to be a big year, so we're going to have a lot to talk about. Oh, Tom, yes. I always, always enjoy it. Appreciate being on. Well, thank you. Thank you. I always enjoy talking with you. Mike James, uh, pharmacist. Uh, has a pharmacy located at the Carly C's on Newburn Avenue, a PSP Pharmacy, and uh, but he has uh, been in the pharmaceutical business a long time and knows all about it. We've talked about old-time drugs and remedies tonight. Tomorrow night we're going to do an update on our necrology. The Tom Kearney Show on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF.